Hi, this is Keith Coogan, and you are listening to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin, and I just have one thing left to say. This is your done, man. Rock and roll! Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we'd know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah. This is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Okay, we got another weird one coming. Um, so I'm excited because... We haven't done a top five, I believe, since our bully episode, which was last summer. And uh, it's time to queue up, queue up another one, an extremely, extremely, extremely specific top five um, involving our favorite name, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've collectively decided that Keith is our favorite male name uh, today. Well, it's our favorite male name because of one specific reason. Two weeks from this episode, we have an interview coming up with the one, the only Keith Coogan, right? Keith Coogan, and who as many ever... people will know from their childhoods. From? Um, let's. Where do we begin? Where do we begin? Um, all the babysitting movies, any movie in the eighties that had to do with babysitting, Keith Coogan was involved in it. I think that was in his contract, right? Like he was just like, he signed a, um, 95 <laughs> picture deal. Like you can only do movies with babysitting in the title. So we're talking adventures and babysitting. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I mean, the infamous, the dishes are done, man. That is the guy. Who, He's the guy. Who we got. Yeah. He sat down with us for, for, for well over an hour. And talked about his entire career. You know, typically when we have an episode with an actor or an interview, when we have an interview with an actor or a performer, we try to focus on a movie that's connected to them. But then we decided to do a little left field on this one because originally we were throwing back ideas. Okay, are we going to do a, let's do a top five. Are we going to, let's do a top five babysitting movie? Nah, maybe not. Top five sidekicks because Keith plays a great supporting actor in so many films. Obviously, we'll run those down when we get to his yeah. intro of his And interview. I was like, but I don't, is he a sidekick? Because it's like, you know, how does one define a sidekick? He's not like Robin to someone's Batman. Yeah. Uh, but he's certainly, you know, if you if you're going to rank like actors in a particular movie as like an A, a B, and a C, it's like he's he's always in that, that A pairing. Um, yes. Sometimes the B. Sometimes the B plus. But yeah. um, so so that does that does uh that does apply. Um but yeah, we 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 are doing top 5 top 5 Keiths today and and 
Top five I, keys. I think um I love it. I think that like the top fives are always interesting for me. And if anyone uh is is a first time listener to our top five format, generally what we do is uh Zach and I do not share we each have our own top five lists and we do not share with each other. I don't know what his choices are. He doesn't know what my choices are. And essentially, we, we kind of go back and forth in a fairly uh, prompt, fast way. Um, we do digress because, of course, it wouldn't be our show if we weren't digressing about um, random random facts or something that happened in the day that has nothing to do with the, the, the top five. Uh, but we do always bring it back around. That's the important thing. It's not like we just forget and then the episode ends and um, you're left hanging and feeling unfulfilled in your life. Well, what was the number four? I don't like, know. Like a friend randomly dropping off the planet. And you're like, what happened to that guy? I want to invite him to my wedding. But What uh, happened to that? I mean, is there a record of, uh, do we know of any podcast where like mid podcast, somebody's just talking about a, a top five and then they just like, they just abruptly just, just shut it off. Because if, if you're going to just leave your podcast, you're probably not going to post it later. No. Unless it's we, like... No, I doubt it. Just the doubt- logistics of this doesn't. And really I just want to, I want to go back really quick and say that you know, uh, in 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 the idea of sidekicks or the buddy you want in your corner, right? Keith is Keith to me in many ways. Represent Keith Coogan represents that buddy you want in your corner, right? Your your broheim, the, your bro chacho, uh, the dude that you know has got your back. And Keith always had that kind of presence about him. And so when initially we were like. I mean, we do the top five sidekicks, but then it felt too broad. And then you brought up the, hey, here's an here's a random crazy idea. But how about top five Keiths? And I and I and I said, wait a minute, I love that. I love that idea because believe it or not, you type in Keith in IMDb, you get a list of some pretty kick-ass Keiths. You do, you do. Um... Yeah, and I i mean, this was one of those things where I'm always excited for kind of like the challenge of it um, in a way. And I, I always know, try and just go like I'm always like, all right, top of the head. What do I got? And I'm just like jotting things down. And then I'm like, oh, that feels weird. And then, of course, then I go a little deeper. And then, you know, the, 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 the recesses of the mind kind of open up. And I'm like, oh, right. And I remember that. And I remember that. Um, but uh, the other thing about about. Uh, our choices when it comes to these top fives is that generally we keep it in the eighties, but we all, we kind of hang out in the cusps. We, we do dip into the late seventies. We do dip into the early nineties. Um, we have to, we have to, but we're not covering all Keith's in the world. No, no. It, and, and we, and we have to toe dip into those, the seventies in the nineties, because to be honest with you, it's everyone so far, everyone on, uh, you know, social media that follows us. And, and if you don't follow us, go to, at two dollar late fee on Instagram, um, excellent. Please, please, and uh, you know they're like w- w- everyone knows that the Warriors is my favorite movie of all time. It came they out should. I would hope they do by now. And if you don't know, it, it is newsflash. So at some point, we we are going to talk about the Warriors in some respect, even if it's a top five Walter Hill movie list. Who knows? That could show up down the road. Um, and then in the 90s, there's there's a lot of movies that we love in the early 90s. You know, the early 90s were also a kind of a glory day for many of the movies that we uh, that we we talk about on our show. So, yeah, late 70s, early 90s. We're not going to go past, uh, you know, the years we graduated high school, probably. 
Right. Yes. No. There. There. There won't be. Uh, there won't be any twenty eighteen All Star Keiths. Um, sorry to disappoint anybody. <laughs> and, and there will not be any Keith Hernandezes for you Seinfeld fans out there. Yep. That would. That is my favorite uh, Keith appearance in a Seinfeld episode. It's Keith Hernandez. Me too. The spitting. Me too. Yep. <laughs> um, all the babies that are named Keith. We won't be talking about them. Yeah. But um, a side, side note, have you ever had a friend named Keith? I have life? a friend named Keith. I have a friend named Keith Mack. Okay. Great, great name. Cool. Um, yeah, he's a producer at Cartoon Network. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Anyway. And um, I think, I think too, one, one other thing we wanted to do in, in regards to Keith Coogan was, you know, do something fun because our interview with him was fun. It was, it was, <laughs> it, it, it was different. It was not what we expected. Not and I don't mean that in a bad way. It was it was like more of a uh a mosaic, if you will. A a menudo, a little bit of everything. I, I don't, I'm not sure that sells it <laughs> in the way that oh, I, for me, if I hear something it's a mosaic. I love mosaics and I love menudo. <laughs> it's a it's a great uh Mexican dish. Uh okay, how about and this? Band. And band. Yeah, oh fant- there you go. Uh it's my favorite, my favorite band. Did you ever hear them, by the way, do the, the theme song to Spartacus and the Sun Beneath the Sea? Mm-mm. Okay, uh, that's your homework assignment, is to look up Menudo, Spartacus and the Sun Beneath the Sea. It's a Nickelodeon, car- well, it's a French cartoon that Nickelodeon had early mornings back when it's when it first came out. And they do a song, um, the theme song for the show. It's oh, really good. It. It's a great it. show. Anyways, you got to check it out. But yeah, right. now just doing, you know, Keith, Keith's interview was uh, all over, like a little bit of everything, like I said. And so this is kind of perfect because this is going to be a little bit of everything. You know, that, I love our top yeah. fives. I love our top fives because uh, very rarely do we crossbreed where we, we kind of tip, toe dip into each other's waters. They're usually yes. pretty separate. Occasionally we'll have one or two, but never more than that. Uh, and so I'm very excited to see what you have, and I'm I'm excited to show you what I got and yeah, all that same. good stuff. It sounds same. really dirty, but you know, show me what you got. I take what you got. <laughs> I take it. I take. I it. take what you got. I did. I did for a minute. I did. I did. Sorry, with I'm like I'm like, Keither Sutherland. Oh, how dare you! How dare that you! Been, that would have been horrible. Yeah, because I, I think originally you might have texted me. All my picks are going to be Keith Richard documentaries or something like yes, that. something yes, silly like yes. that i'm like oh come on pishaw oh come on yes because on our show we we go deep guys you know that you know that we do you know that we go obscure um sometimes we go mainstream but mostly obscure and there's going to be a little bit of both on my list um there's going to be something you're gonna be like oh yeah of course and then there's gonna be some where you go Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, do, do you want to start us off? This I, would, I, I would love to. I would love okay. to. Um, okay. So my number five, and, and also I also want to stress that these are not in a particular order. Oh, thank because you. Because yes. I don't put one Keith above the other. They're yeah. all flatline on the same playing field. Uh, however, these are just five, five that I love. Five of my favorite Keith movies. But my first Keith, my first Keith is David Keith. Now, you may know David Keith from An Officer and a Gentleman. 
played a great supporting actor in that. You might know him from Firestarter, played a great supporting actor in that. Awesome. You might know him from, uh, actually, one of his first movies was called The Lords of Discipline. It was a military movie uh, with guys like Michael Bean and, uh, oh, blinking. Um, what's the guy from? Oh, Rick Rossovich. Oh, from you know, uh, Top Gun. Yeah, great, great, great kind of early 80s thriller in a way yeah but those are not on my list for the david keith movie david keith has a cool he was in uh u 571 too he, he's yep. uh yep. great great character actor um he had a moment in 1988 where he was able to play a king the king of kings the king of rock and roll elvis presley oh. in the 1988 film heartbreak hotel Which also starred Charlie Schlatter. And if you don't know who Charlie Schlatter is, he played uh, Ferris Bueller in the TV version. And, then, and 18 <laughs> and again, 18 of again course. was his biggest hit, obviously. George and, Burns. Um, great, great uh, voice actor. But we're not talking about Charlie's today. We're talking about David <laughs> Keith. And Heartbreak Hotel is, um, it, it, it takes, it's kind of like the what if, what if Elvis didn't die? And he just kind of laid low and he wound up at this hotel and uh, befriends this single mom with her kid who's in a rock band. And he, this kid named Johnny, and he teaches Johnny kind of the, the secrets of rock and roll. And of course, Keith does uh, versions of Elvis performing some of his biggest hits, but he also does some songs with Johnny as well. And uh, it's it's cool. It's like a it's like a late seventies um, love letter to Elvis and rock music, and I love it. I love it. It's it's a, definitely a guilty pleasure. And Chris Columbus, of all people, directed it and wrote yeah, it. Yeah, wow. So there you go. That's, that's very cool. Hotel. I think that's that's a very cool choice. Um, that's a movie that I've seen. Um, you know, at some point as well. I I have you know. I'm ashamed to say this, but all of my, a lot of my Elvis movies run into each other. Um, Cause whether it's, uh, you know, like the, the made for TV movie uh, about Priscilla or like, yeah. it's just like everybody kind of runs together. Um, I do think that Elvis is an iconic character that is very hard to pull off. And, uh, and David Keith does it. Quite yeah, well. you know, um, our boy uh, Kurt Russell played a great Elvis in the John Carpenter made-for-TV movie. And, uh, and Bruce Campbell, I think, played a great version of him in Bubba Hotep. Because um, he's he's such a, you know, he's 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 like such a personality Elvis. He's such a caricature. Everybody would have, like, like remote, like everybody's got yeah. their uh, impressions. It's kind of like John Wayne or something. But uh, to authentically play Elvis, I think, is is very challenging. And not only authentically play Elvis, but D David Keith sang the songs as well, um, which he did really damn well. 
And I don't know, David Keith is just, he's a, he's a really cool looking dude with a cool kind of Southern drawl about him. Um, he always seems like a, just like a happy go lucky kind of guy. And, uh, this was the first time when I saw him playing a, like a lead where like he didn't get killed. Cause I, you know, officer and a gentleman oh, hangs yeah. himself, yep. fire starter, he yep. gets killed. I'm like, yep. can, can this guy that I really like live at yep. least once? And then I see him in heartbreak hotel and I'm like, Oh, I really like it. And I was a huge Elvis fan at the time. Um, I think as many kids from the eighties were, cause the fifties were ingrained in us and our yeah. heads. And, uh, yeah, it's just a fun, it's a fun love letter to Elvis and rock and roll. And, uh, got some great, great moments in it. So yeah. Heartbreak hotel, 1988. Check great it moments, out. great music. Um, no doubt. I love it. Um, cool, man. Well, awesome. I think, um, my number five, very, very interestingly, you just mentioned, um, because I couldn't not uh, have it on here. It, it is also David Keith, and it is 1982's An Officer and a Gentleman. Oh. Um, because uh, when it comes to movies, it, David Keith's character in this movie, Sid Worley, is this, it's just such a, you just, it's like one of the first movies where I just remember being crushed for this guy. Yeah. And like having that realization that you were just kind of talking about uh, where, oh man, like he's just such a sad, relatable character. Um, I feel like most people have seen this movie. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal movie. You've got Richard Gere. Academy Award um, winner. Yeah. You've got Louis Gossett Jr., who's uh, a big favorite on this show. Um, Deborah Winger, of course. And um, yeah, most people, most people I, I believe have seen this. They should definitely see it if they, if they haven't. But um, David Keith, of course, plays, uh, you know, the, the, the premise being that Richard Gere is in the Naval Academy and he's trying to become an aviator. And, uh, um, you know, we talk about sidekicks. I mean, David Keith is his sidekick in the academy his his best friend yeah um who uh yeah ultimately ultimately can't can't hack it and uh he has a panic attack he he, he can't um you know it, it's kind of that whole story of like where you where you realize you are following somebody else's idea of who you should be yeah um that is so powerful to me and um uh, just, just, you know, just a very relatable idea, even if it's, even if it's like your own idea of yourself, but his character is like, well, this is, I'm going through the, this is where I belong. I belong in this uh, Academy. And then having the realization like this isn't me then, you know, falling in love with the townie girl going to, uh, you know, profess your love to her. And then, uh, I'm saying this as if it's happened to me, but, but I don't mean it in any first person way, but it, it happened is to me. just an identifiable Ooh. thing of, um, I relate, you know, he he goes to profess his love, and of course she's like, "Well, I, I, no, I'm I I, I want to date a an officer. Like I, I you're you 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 flunked out of the academy. You're you're no good to me. Uh, yeah, and by the way, I lemon. lied about being pregnant. Lynette, marry me. Make me the happiest man in the whole world. I'm sorry, Sid, but I don't want to marry you. I want to marry a pilot. Yeah, you know, yeah. have a nice day. 
And, uh, yeah, and then later she's, way to go, Paula, way to go. Um, at the, uh, the, the climactic, um, infamous uh, ending of the movie uh, where Richard Gere pulls Paula out of the factory. Because he's the made it. Fly. Yep. On a mountain high. So, yeah. So that's, you know, I like that we both have David Keith uh, on the mind, but that's that's my number five as, as well. Well, well, two things. One, I want to say really quick, um, in Heartbreak Hotel, Elvis winds up at the hotel because he, get, he got kidnapped by Charlie Schlatter's character to help save the hotel. So that's a whole other, that's a side note. Um, okay. Two, two, Officer and a gentleman, I saw that at a way early age, too young to see a movie like that. But for some reason. Thanks, Mom. Was, yeah, thanks, Mom. And I think thanks, Dad, because I think my dad watched it as well. Oh, that Being would a military track. guy. Yeah, that would track a lot. Uh, yeah. And the cast is phenomenal, like you said. Robert Loja's in it. Uh, Robert Loja. Uh, I'm Robert Loja. Robert Loja, right? And uh, Lisa Eilbacher from... Um, from Beverly Hills Cop, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit, uh, it's got David Caruso in it. And, um, you know, great, phenomenal cast. And then Lisa Blount, who plays his, uh, the breaks his heart. Lynette, lines. yeah. She had a really tragic life. I, think, I don't know if she committed suicide, but she died really kind of in a bad place. Um, mm-hmm. But she's, she's a great actress. And in Blind Fury, she was in Blind Fury. Uh which we love. Oh, she was in Blind Fury. Yeah. That's very funny. Um, yeah, because I just re- I rewatched Blind Fury like... Love that movie. Like a month ago. <laughs> we, that, that's going to show up uh, eventually on our list some, somewhere in the stratosphere. But um, but yeah, it's it, that movie is really tragic and in a, in a, was huge. Zach Mayo, Richard Gere was at the height of his career. Well, right. Oh, I, I forgot. I buried the lead. His name is Zach. Yeah. I mean... Zach Mayo, mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. He spells it with a C, I think. Z A C. Mayo. And he had a tattoo. I remember he had the tattoo, uh, the eagle tattoo on his arm, and that was like super big no-no. He couldn't have, you know, tattoos were like frowned upon. And but I remember talking to my dad about Officer and a Gentleman, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'd be a training, and I'd be under the water, and I just see guys floating up, floating up the surface, one by one. Couldn't hack it. They were out. The minute you floated yeah. up, you're out." And uh, for his SEAL training, and he's like, it, you know, you got to have a certain, and and he brought that up that you, you, you got to go in there wanting it versus being yeah. thinking this is what you're supposed to do versus knowing this is yeah. what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So great, great choice. David Keith is tragic. Oh God, his it's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah, that was one of the movies. I'm like, I don't want to see him go out like that. You know. And then no, um, no, and seeing go that to Heartbreak as a kid. Hotel. Yeah, well, I mean, just just seeing that as a kid, um, I, I think, you know, it's a powerful scene anyway. But like, you know, just like Richard Gere trying to revive his his, his poor hanged buddy um, is, you know, um, we're keeping Thanks it very very dark immediately. But <laughs> <laughs> so, very watch dark. Officer and Gentleman first, then watch Heartbreak Hotel, then watch Seinfeld. Keith Hernandez. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But David Keith, man, I, yeah, no, it's kind of a, I'm surprised. I actually am surprised that you chose that film. 
of all the of all the movies. I'm like, all right, cool. It's, it's good. It's though. just yeah, it's just a movie that um, has always resonated with me. I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> are we getting on to number four now? <clears throat> yeah, this is like I, I just want to make a note that where we are right now, I think we're on we're on record pace for our top fives because normally we don't even get to number one. I feel like until the fifty-seven minute mark. I think so. I I think there we're going to have a lot more to say as we get a little <laughs> deeper into it. No, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we will. But even uh, you know, I, I've just recalled many a time whilst editing and been like, "Wow, we're at the." Uh, we haven't even mentioned a, a movie yet. <laughs> Zach's talked about fourteen things that have happened in his childhood. There's a lot of a lot of trauma. We've a lot got of unpacking. Yeah. <laughs> There's not too much unpacking with Keith's because uh, I didn't ha- I didn't know any- I didn't know anybody named Keith when I was a kid. I didn't know one Keith having a, a one Keith in my life. It's probably good. So it's probably good because if you did, he would have for sure been an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, this or next led you into trouble. This you know next I mean? Keith, uh, this next Keith, I, I have on my list is is someone that I wish I had in my life, because um, <laughs> he 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 played a father figure on television. Um, he also played a crotchety. Was it a judge? I think I think he was a, like a judge in this other show that I really loved him in. You, you'll know when I bring him up. Um, but the next Keith, the number four Keith of mine is Brian Keith. And oh. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, Toe dipping a little bit into the 70s on this one, 1978. But before I tell the movie that he's in, uh, Brian Keith was on um, a show called Hardcastle and McCormick, which was a one-hour drama, uh, buddy drama uh, on NBC, I think, was it maybe? In the early 80s. Um, Oh, I couldn't tell you. That sounds right. All I know is the theme song to that show, Drive! Drive is one of the best next to Hardball. Yeah, it's a great theme. Next song. to Hardball, oh my god! Gotta gotta throw Richard Tyson a bone every now and then. Hardcastle and McCormick. He had his own show called the Brian Keith Show <laughs> for crying out loud in the seventies. You know, oh and oh, Family Affair. Yeah, that was like his probably his biggest show. That show lasted a hundred and thirty-eight episodes. That's a long run for a freaking show. That's a top five Keith, if I ever heard one. Goddamn. Yeah. So anyways, but that's not why I brought up Brian Keith. I brought up Brian Keith because he, and it's not Young Guns. It's not the 1988 Young Guns film uh, that he was in because he was in that and he was really good in that. That's Buckshot. But my one of my, my number four Brian Keith film is the 1978 Stuntman action film, Hooper. Burt Reynolds, Jan Michael Vincent, Sally Field. I'm yours. Brian Keith, James Best, Robert Klein, and Terry Bradshaw. In Hooper's world, talk is cheap. And life is cheaper. Burt Reynolds is Hooper, the greatest stuntman alive. There's your four leads right there. Burt Reynolds, Jan Michael Vincent, Sally Field, and Brian Keith. Uh, Robert Klein is in it. Robert Klein, if you don't know who Robert Klein is, funny-ass stand-up comedian. Doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves because that guy was so freaking funny back in the day. James Best, who everyone knows as Roscoe P. Cotrain from the Dukes of Hazzard. Uh, And he was was like 
he was like a cool dude in this one. He didn't play an asshole. Adam West is in this movie. Um, it's directed by Hal Needham, who's a stuntman as well. Uh, and, and Hal Needham directed one of, uh, well, a, a cheeseball film that will be featured prominently in future episodes of $2 Late Fee, uh, Megaforce. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it's just a fun, it's like a fun stunt movie. You know, the, the plot is really loose. Burt Reynolds plays Hooper, this old aging stuntman. And uh, they get into a bunch of bar fights in the movie and big stunt action sequences. Jan Michael Vincent's the up-and-coming stuntman. It's a fun, lighthearted, dare I say, family film. Um, and it just stands out to me, man. I used to watch that all the time whenever I go to my aunts and uncles' houses. It was always on TV Interesting. in the 80s. And I just, I love it. It's got so much charm to it because everybody's smiling through the whole thing. <laughs> everybody's just having a good time. I love I love movies where everyone's having a good time. Like, you know, like, like, like RJ, you know, we're treating a surrender. <laughs> well, the yeah. Best, best time of his life. Yeah, you know, like, if, if you're making a movie, and how great is that? That you're going to make yeah. a movie about something that you love. And um, Hooper's just a fun flick. Anyways, that's my number four film, Brian Keith's Hoop- Hooper. Well, I'd love to say more about it, but I, I'm going to blow your mind. I have not seen Hooper. I have not seen Hooper. Whoa, um, that is blowing my mind. Because And it's one of these things. It's, it's just fell through the cracks. Wow. Um, I'm certainly... Uh, uh, familiar with it and the fact that um you know it it it, it predecesses uh cannibal run it's like um you know it was one of those things of like yeah you should watch hooper and i never Which got around to how how needham directed cannibal run also yeah stroker race <laughs> stroke race yeah <laughs> great name he directed an episode of sledgehammer too by the way so um um, Sledgehammer, one of my one of my favorite shows. I love that show, but yeah, I can. You've never seen Hooper? No. Okay. So it's on my it's on my notes now. I mean, Burt Reynolds. This was seventy eight. Burt Reynolds was on fire. Uh, he hadn't dropped the mustache yet. Well, he dropped the mustache in Deliverance, and people sem- tend to forget about that. Um, <laughs> actually, in in also the Longest Yard, which is my favorite Burt Reynolds movie of all. It's time. my favorite too. Yeah, it is. If you haven't seen The Longest yeah. Yard, guys, and, and don't give me this shit about the Adam Sandler movie. That's it, a piece of crap. It really remember. upset me that they made that, um, the Adam Sandler. That they remade it? Yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't, you know, because they remade it with this with this, with this, this goofiness. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a dark film. It's a really yeah. dark film. It's a prison movie. Yeah. Prison movies are supposed to be dark. It's got um, our boy Ed Lauder in it. I know this is not a Longest Yard episode but that's a really important film because it's really good it may as well be i mean do we do we know that there isn't anyone named keith in the longest yard i mean there may be a it's probably a gaffer a random keith in there or something (laughs) sure well we'll just brian keith should have been in hoop in uh, the longest Yard, but man yeah Yeah. hooper hooper's it's weird it's like that it's a nostalgic film uh where there was it's that that Burt Reynolds wackiness where it just seemed like everybody was happy. Burt was happy, so everyone else was happy. Yep. Uh, and who knows what was really going on behind the scenes? But um, Hal Needham, you know, he's known for just doing his outrageous stunts and and uh, and yeah, Hooper's fun. So I highly well, we will have to watch it one of these days. Um, 
Well, I'm game. I'm game, and I'm ashamed. Um, I'm ashamed for you, but, um, but you know, not really. It's one of those things. It's like, you know, uh, what what would your life be like if you had you seen Hooper up to this point? Is what I'm saying to myself. You know, how did you ever watch the, the John Ritter show Hooperman? Nope. Oh, nope. I loved Mr. Hooper on Sesame Street. Yeah, so did I. One of my favorites. But other than that, no, I have very limited Hooperness. I don't think you ever saw the movie Hero at Large with John Ritter either, did you? I did see that. You I did see that. that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, yep. that's a, that's, I love that. God. <laughs> Redemption. Whew. So it'd be funny if you just kind of replaced me mid show. You know, you just, um, like, I can't be, uh, I can't be co-host with you anymore. I'm just too disgusted. I don't feel like you've, you haven't uh, proven yourself to me with your knowledge. And I, um, and then I'm like in the middle of talking and my mic just gets muted all of a sudden. I'm like, what, what happened? And then, um, yeah. And then Corey comes on <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then I wake up tomorrow like I guess I I, I was working on two dollar late fee at one point I don't remember now say, now because because Corey can attest to this and I know he's listening uh, he, he Corey on my on the other podcast that I do uh, I know way more about I, I know way more bizarre shit I mean than you can you can you can promote it you can plug it you podcasting plug it after dark yeah. yeah yeah so that people are have context. Yeah, check out um, Podcasting After Dark. It's a fun, yeah, it's a a fun little, breakdown. Yeah, a little quick ad for Podcasting After Dark. Podcasting After Dark is a show in which Zach and Corey, two regular guys, uh, talk about movies that they were not supposed to watch as kids, but they did. They snuck out late at night or they were they were right. You were huddled under the covers and you were looking at the at the TV and you were watching some – maybe you saw some boobs sometimes <laughs> and you saw some gratuitous stuff. You saw some violence and it, it got in your impressionable mind and then you guys – um, you not only revisit the movies, but you break down line by line, scene by scene, not all the time, but if you really like the movie, line by line, scene by scene. I mean, you, you do scene by scene. We do. We do. We, um, we, we break down the movie and, uh, and yeah, we take extensive notes. It's totally different than $2 late fee. That's why, um, that's why, that's why this, this polygamous relationship that I'm in totally works. <laughs> It's uh you know one 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 sis one wife is in one house and one wife is in the other and uh you know <laughs> yeah I've never had the like I've never had the desire to you know I think I just personally I lose steam as far as breaking down scene by scene stuff um well that's why I choose I choose specifically movies that I'm familiar with that yeah. I love that I that I deeply love um and it's movies that are dirty like not dirty in a in a gross way dirty like down and dirty kind of cultish type films i do a lot i personally and i know one movie that we will have to cover at some point is tough turf um you know in in a different context because um you know i love exploitation films and movies that are like movies that rated r but by today's standards they might be pg-13 um and, and and not nearly as bad and of course we talked about the warriors and that was the one i i took extensive notes line by line i wrote every single line down for the warriors because yeah I'm i can only imagine that and if we and if i ever did that with big trouble in little china i would have to do the same but um yeah but anyways i i think the only movie i want to do that with uh are movies that are just either just so so bad uh, so it's the opposite idea where it's just like movies that are just like, how did we even get from point A to point B or uh, 
no retreat, no surrender. I really felt like <laughs> because it moves so fast. And and uh, yeah, spoiler alert: that one's coming uh, down the uh, down the old pipeline uh, at some Next point uh, mm-hmm. near you. But um, <laughs> but that movie, you know, it's got a lot of montages. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of like. Wah! Well, well, all... you coined the phrase masterpiece. You you coined the phrase masterpiece, uh, and that is a hashtag trademark um, two dollar late fee <laughs> thing. Masterpiece. It is. You a masterpiece. heard it here first, folks. Yeah. It, it is a masterpiece where it, it's flawed, but it is it is a it is flawless in its entertainment. Yeah. How about that, um, no doubt. That's that's, that's re- yeah, that's really good um, and a good reminder. But just like yeah, these movies that f- kind of fly by, they're paced well. Um, we are totally digressing again. I was like, we're on track. We're on track. Now it's been another 45 minutes. I don't even know. I don't even know what right. number are we on. We're um, in our wheelhouse. But, um, okay. But bring it back. I think, I think I'm on my number four, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, my number four, Brian Keith, hit me with your best shot. Cause I know it has nothing to do with mine. Oh, that's funny. Well, um, speaking of hit me with your best shot written by Pat Benatar, um, Pat Benatar uh, did another wonderful song uh, that we have already covered, but I could not uh, do a top five Keiths without talking about our our friend uh, Keith Gordon and and specifically the legend of Billie Jean and the Pat Benatar song Invincible, um, which is arguably her best song. It is. Um, it really is her best yeah. song. You know, We Belong is fine. Um Hell is for children. Hell is for children is creepy. Yes, yes. Um, So anyway, we we have talked about um, The Legend of Billie Jean from 1985 extensively uh, in one of our very first episodes. So I don't even know. I couldn't tell you how dialed in we were, um, certainly as a show, you know, back then. So I could say to people like, hey, go back, listen to that one. But I don't even I don't even remember what we talked about, really. Well, to to give Corey uh, another shout out, he absolutely loves that episode that we did, and it, and he loved it so much that he went out and blind purchased the disc, the oh, Blu-ray man. disc, and that, loves that movie, loves it. That so, is the best endorsement uh, one could give. So thank you, Corey. Yeah, Stevenson. He's given us quite a few shout outs because of that. Co-host so, uh, of Podcasting After Dark. Um, <laughs> uh, but Keith Gordon. Dark.com. So, so Keith Gordon. Um, so Legend of Billie Jean um, is a wonderful flick starring Helen Slater and Christian Slater. No relation, by the way. If you thought, if you're listening to this, you thought Helen Slater and Christian Slater were brother and sister, as I did at, the, at some point in my life. Yep. Uh, they okay. are not. And um, – a 14-year-old Christian Slater, as a fun little anecdote, he thought that he was destined to marry Helen Slater because they had the same last name. Wouldn't that be adorable and cute? And, um, of course, that didn't uh, happen. And, um, you know, kids are weird, right? We just have these weird these weird ideas. Um, but uh, Legend of Billie Jean is about a girl who becomes inadvertently an accidental uh, icon for a rebellion Fair is fair is the quote of the movie. Christian Slater, Binks, our buddy Binks, he's got a scooter. The scooter gets trashed by Hubie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I'm not going to go too deep. It's very easy for me to go too deep. But 
It, it, it all it, the, the whole movie is is um, pushed forward by a quest for just just what's fair. They want money for this trash scooter and yeah, justice. Um, yeah, they want justice. And somewhere along the along the way, as they are outlaws and fugitives, and they're running away from Peter Coyote, who's fantastic in this movie. So good. Um, they they meet a young Keith Gordon, um, who plays a character named Lloyd. Uh, who is a, a filmmaker. He's kind of an odd kid. He gets kidnapped by them voluntarily. He offers himself up. He's like, why don't you, you guys take a hostage? It'll make you, it'll make your mission better, you know, and you can negotiate with me and with my life and that kind of thing. Um, but really, you know, he falls in love with, with Billie Jean. Um, but he, um, it, it, this is like my favorite uh, Keith Gordon um, character. Really? Yeah, it really is, um, which is why okay. I bring it up, and in relationship wow. to the movie. So, um, I thought for sure you're going to say back to school. Well, I'll tell you a, a little fun fact about me is I actually don't like back to school at all, um, really? which might be surprising to you. I it have is. seen back to school no less than 50 times, <laughs> 60 times. I've seen yeah. it. It was always on. I watched it. Uh, as a movie, I don't love it. I love the the song uh, by Jude Cole. Yep. Um, <laughs> Take me back to school. Back to I love, school. Uh, love that. It's your life. You got to live it. You um, get lucky. But, yeah, I, I, find, uh, I find Keith Gordon very uncomfortable in that movie. Yeah. Um, probably would agree. You know, the, the, the best part is probably our buddy William Zabka. As yep. Chaz. Yep. Um, you know, it's a, it's a nice vehicle. Or Sam Kennison is probably the best part of that movie. But um, he's a professor just screaming, you know, in his in for like a two-minute scene. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's a Rodney Dangerfield. It's, it's – the whole thing is just kind of – it's kind of weird. It's – you know, he's uh, – I don't want to talk too much about back to school. But, you know, he's a, he's a, a diver. Uh, he He – He's famous for the triple Lundy, and then when he eventually does, you know, he's just wearing this one-piece bathing suit. Like the whole thing about it, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just not a, it's just not a cool, fun movie to me. Um, yet the irony of this is that I could probably tell you most of the lines from it. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird thing, but yeah. I, I would never, I would never, it was never a movie that I sat down to 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 put on. I would never take the VHS tape and be like, I'm watching Back to School. Oh, it's on HBO. Okay, I'll just have it on. You know, well, I'm doing it's something dis- else. It's disjointed too. I think. Um, I, I think also because the the score to the movie is is way more like like sophisticated to the songs that are in the movie. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where it's, it, to me, it's disjointed. Where it's just like, oh, we're doing like a classical trading places type soundtrack, and then we throw in these great pop songs, and it's a little jarring. Yeah, and I hear you. Keith Gordon is is so meek, and uh, on one hand, it's like he's trying to be cool, and the other hand, he's a total dork. And it's almost like they the the, the writer didn't know how to paint him as a character, you know. Yeah. So I, I hear you on that. Yeah, 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 I feel you. You know, I I mean, I understand. He's you know he. he... He's. I, I'm laughing because it's just funny that we're talking so much about back to school. But he's a character who basically, you know, yeah, he's he's in the shadow of his father, who has 
been extremely successful. He's a melon. He's a melon, you know? Um, you're a melon. So there's like this expectation that Jason will be uh, as good at everything um, as his, uh, you know, as his dad. Um, and he's not. And he feels bad about that. And so, you know, you can relate to that. Um, I, I totally can. <laughs> you know, not you specifically, but, no. you, you know, you as a human being listening, it's like we can relate to the expectations. It's the same yes. thing that happened to David Keith. He was like, you know, an officer and gentleman. Um, yep. Living up to expectations of his family. He couldn't do it. So, um, but you so make maybe a that's good, the theme here. You make a good point, though, about, about – uh, about Keith Gordon in Back to School, which connects back to Billy Jean, because he's a privileged kid in Billy Jean. He's got everything. His parents are out of town or whatever, but he's like living in a mansion and he's got all the things he needs. Just like in Back to School, you know, uh, Rodney Dangerfield is like, oh, I just, if I don't, if I want something, I pay for it. I, yeah, I pay I, my way out of everything. You know, the dorms are small. I, I redo them, you know, and, and that's and, a cool concept. It is, yeah. yeah, it totally is. You know, he calls up, um, Kurt Vonnegut and tells him to fuck off and uh, and because uh, he won't write his term paper yep. for him or he got an yep. F on it or something. Anyways, um, Keith Gordon rebels against uh, Dangerfield in Back to School. He rebels against his family in Billy Jean by yep. you know bringing in these uh, fugitives from the law. Yep, and he ha- doesn't have a big scene in that movie in 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 Billy Jean. But it's but it's memorable. It's definitely memorable. And Keith Gordon is a memorable actor. You've seen him in a million things. I mean, shit, he was in uh, what was it, Cabaret or All That Jazz? All That Jazz. All That Jazz. Yeah. Yes. And I love All That. That's actually my favorite Bob Fosse movie. Young Next Joe. to Star Eighty, starring Eric Roberts. And if you haven't listened to our Eric Roberts interview, go check that out. But like a heralded director, like now he's he's actually behind the scenes. He's done a shit ton of stuff. Um, yeah. Up until the le- the latest season of Fargo, which if you haven't seen that or any of the Fargo uh, series on FX, highly recommend it. It is, dare I say, one of the best uh, television, episodic television series out there mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. It's, it's better, it, better than Breaking Bad, I'm going to say. But, oh, yeah. um, but yeah, the, I mean, we, we talked about Billie Jean way back when, but it's worth bringing up again because it's actually kind of, a lot of people don't know about it, believe it or not. But that, but as a Keith Gordon movie, as a Keith Gordon role, I'm as happy with Gordon that. Gordon experience. I was, it was on my list and I penciled it out because I'm like, yeah. this is going to show up. That's not my Keith Gordon pick because- my number three is a Keith Gordon movie. Lay it on me. And it is, it came out before Billie Jean. It came out before Back to School. It came out after all that jazz. It is directed by my favorite director of all time, not Walter Hill. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it is the 1983. Steven Spielberg. John Carpenter, and his name is on the top of it, so you know he approves of it. John Carpenter's Christine, based on a Stephen King story. And this movie came up, this movie came up on our bully episode, just like Arnie Back to School did. Cuntingham. <laughs> yes. Arnie Cuntingham. Arnie Cuntingham. It's got one of the best uh, bullies in Buddy Repperton, another buddy. 
but um, the but the lead actor is Keith Gordon. He plays Arnie Arnie Cunningham. Arnie Cunningham. I want to make sure I get that right. And um, yeah, he's this nerdy kid. If you've read the book, you know the story. If you've seen the movie, you know the story. If you don't, he plays a nerdy kid who's abused by his parents uh, mentally. Uh, gets abused at school. You know, the bullies do horrible shit to him. Bullies. Um, yep. And then he's got a buddy in Dennis Gilder. That's the character. John Stockwell is the actor. Dennis. John Stockwell is great. Uh, my science project. My science project. One of my favorite 80s kind of wacky comedy science movies. Not as good. Definitely not as good as Real Genius. Um, Alexander. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not. not. It's actually not that great, to be honest with you. It, it's just got fun moments in it, and John Stockwell stands out. He he was kind of a mainstay in the eighties, uh, but he plays his he plays his buddy, and he's like a high school quarterback or football player, and so it's very, um, you know, what do you call that? Where two things don't mix, you know. Uh, um, what's, what's that term? What's that term where two things don't mix and? Uh, Odd couple. It's an odd couple. Period. Okay, it was like yeah. antithetical, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he he gets this beat up old the nineteen fifty eight Plymouth Fury, which is yeah, it comes to life. Reeks have she on, she comes to life. Right? She comes to life because he gives her a name. Uh, and if you read the book, you realize that it's probably the the car that told him what her name was. It's Christine. And he his life takes a 180. He becomes a, a badass, cool guy. And his car becomes a killing machine and kills everybody in town. And he becomes kind of like possessed by it as well. It's a great horror film. Uh, highly recommend it. Highly. And Keith Gordon to go from playing the... He plays a lot of nerdish, foppish characters. But this one kind of has like a... You know, obviously the demon side to him. So 1983's Christine. And you called it. The other... Uh, not, before we recorded this episode, Dustin's like, "I'm gonna guess your, I'm gonna guess your movies," and he starts guessing two of them, which he got correct right off the bat. And I'm like, "Okay, stop guessing because you I don't want you to, guess, I don't yeah. guess anymore." Click. So, from there, I want to know what your number three is. What is your number three, Keith? It is Keith Coogan time, um, and my favorite Keith Coogan movie um, is a movie that does not predominantly feature him. Um, he is. Again, to reference something you brought up earlier, a sidekick uh, in this movie, <laughs> which makes it be, you know, it could very well be be sidekick movies. Uh, and that movie is 1987's Hiding Out with John Cryer. Oh. Um, I knew it was going to pop up on your list. Just just Had love to. this love this movie so so much. Um, John Cryer stars as uh, as a guy who's basically. Um, Running some some bond stocks for the for the mob, see some things. You know, he becomes a witness, um, and uh, he doesn't get put in uh, an official witness protection program because before that can even happen, uh, he's he's you know basically <laughs> a hit. An attempt on his life is made. He runs uh, away and ultimately uh, goes to visit his cousin. Patrick and his aunt, um, and Patrick is played by Keith Coogan. Um, Patrick is in high school. Um, John John Cryer's um, 
character is is obviously he's a, he's an he's an old man. I mean, it's just funny because John Cryer looks very young. He's a very young looking face, so he can easily pass as uh, Ducky. Um, you know, again, even though he's you know presumably in his twenties, but he wears a trench coat, and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And he oh, you know, yeah. smokes cigarettes, and he so he sneaks into this high school. Um, dyes his hair, has a new identity, and um, and uh, they're asking him like, "Well, what's what's your name?" You know, and he's like, he can't think of his his new. He knows he needs a fake name at this point because he's hiding hiding out. He's starting the hiding out process, and he uh, looks at a looks at a, a can of Maxwell House, and he's like, Maxwell Hauser, <laughs> and yeah, and then he's Maxwell Hauser. Um, he inadvertently draws attention to himself when he gets uh, made to run for class president and um, or, or student body president. And um, Annabeth Gish is in it. Love her. Oh, she's so great. Um, and, uh, you know, and Keith Coogan's just like this annoying, annoying cousin. You know, at one, at one point, John Cryer says, uh, the quote that I love is like, he's, he's talking to Keith Coogan. He says, I used to be just like you, a short, horny, hopeless dork. And then uh, Keith Coogan's like, and now look at you. And uh, John Cryer says, well, I'm not short. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I just love that. It's got a great Roy Orbison song in it, too. Crying over you. Annabeth Gish just evokes that in me. I don't know why. That like, song? No, no, but that, like, that emotion of like, she's got a very heartbreaking look to her, you know? She very does. Sweet, very sweet. And like, a, you know, she, and especially in this one. She does. And since we're, just as a quick digression, since we're talking about Annabeth Gish, this is more for my edification. There was a movie in my past that I really uh, remember as like a made for TV movie having to do with date rape. And I believe it was her and Kevin Dillon. And oh yes, it's called Winnie's Not a Stranger. It was a TV movie from 1989, oh. um, and uh, there was this there was this song that opened the credits for this TV movie. And it's, it's one of those things that just has like stayed with me for 40 years. It's, it's not, there's no lyrics. It's just like a ding, 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 ding. And every so often I would get that in my head. I'd be like, what the hell is that? And then I remember it's from Winnie's Not a Stranger. Uh, 1989. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a it's lesson. Like- for all of us. The theme song to Romancing the Stone it does that for me. Uh huh. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, Absolutely. no, I I feel so. you. I feel you. And she's she's great. Like she, you know, there was around the time when um, I feel like Ioni Sky and dare I say Julia Roberts, they were all kind of in that same the dark haired, just in the way that Jennifer like, Connelly. Yeah, yeah, very similar look and. But Annabeth Gish had a very kind of warm, sweet innocence about her, especially yes. in Hiding Out. And the villain in that movie, um, I don't even know if he had a name, but he was he, he was really menacing looking. He kind of looked like a like a pasty version of Willem Dafoe, which is <laughs> Willem Dafoe's already pasty, but this guy's it's even like pastier. Very prominent uh, eyebrows. Yes, 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 very much so. And I remember. Uh, John Cryer looking like Ron Silver um, playing uh, 
He oh, looked like God, he looked yes. like Ron Silver as Alan Dershowitz in Reversal of Fortune. Thank you very much. Uh, when he had his hair and beard, you yeah. know, and yeah. um, but Keith steals many scenes in that movie. He's so he's so comical. So good. I didn't put him on my list. And, and I know Keith will probably be listening to this. I didn't put you on the list because I knew I'd like Adventures of Babysitting and Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dead are like those are the tops yeah. when it comes to top five. We're just doing, doing top five Keiths. And I'm like, well, Dustin's going to pull a He's going to do a Keith Coogan. So I'm not going to do this one. I also do, I, I'm pretty sure Keith is not listening to this. So <laughs> I don't think you need to explain to him. Uh, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to justify because there's no way, there's no way he's listening. And if Keith, if you are listening, prove me wrong. Engage on social media. Uh, we welcome it. Yeah, please. And thanks please. for listening. If you okay. are, but honestly, you're please not, do. so it's fine. Um, please do then. Yeah, but yeah, I assume he'll listen maybe next week, or maybe he won't. I don't. I'm, know. I'm hoping he does. But I will say about hiding weeks. out. Uh, I watched the hell out of this movie on HBO back in the day. It was on all the time, all the time, all the time. Uh, great soundtrack. And yeah, great, great, great cast of uh, high another high school fun high school flick um, with with a guy who's you know in his clearly in his thirties, but um, is supposed to play like seventeen year old. But he, he does, you know. And to that point, though, I will say too, uh, we were talking about that 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 infamous uh, she's just 16 years old um you know th- 30 is, yeah. 30 33 year yeah, B- benny good old benny shows up with it with his own rug to a 16 year old girl's house um you know a guy who's 33 years old who refuses to be left alone i mean there that that is kind of what's happening in in hiding out but if if you if you fixate on it too much you just get grossed out because they don't actually like really get together until um, you know, after, and I think she was 18 or something, or they, or they, 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 they sort of address it. Cause at one point they're going on a date and she's like, I'm 18 and she can definitely drive. And, um, yeah. But you know, if you're just thinking about like you or I pretending to be in high school, hiding out and then, you know, hooking up with one of the high school students, it's really d- disturbing. Um, Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and I think, um, Disturbingly we were, awesome. <laughs> we were talking to to uh, Gabe Jared about that a little bit of with Real Genius. Yeah, and if the the roles were kind of reversed a little bit because it's a much older man with a younger yeah. woman. Um, but yeah, I, I remember they uh, they kind of justify it in a way like she mentions like she she just turned eighteen or she's about to turn eighteen. Some it gets to kind of explain. I feel like it gets explained. Um, but yeah, it's weird, man. Like. That that happened way too often. I because on our two dollar late fee Instagram page, we we uh, by the time you hear this, we've we've deviated from two for Tuesdays into tasteless two for Tuesdays, and thinking of movies that are just kind of tasteless and cheese ball uh, every 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 two days, every just, yeah every just, Tuesdays, just bad uh, yeah, just just bad movies that uh, share a that... connection. You know, and and yeah. and Dustin had said to me, he's like, "Oh, we should throw a tasteless song on there." And then I start, I started going into like the tasteless winger. She's only seventeen, and uh, of course, oh, but I wasn't hard. talking. I wasn't talking about that though. I was talking about your your Dustin Diamond photos. Oh yes, oh yes. To be oh, clear, I yes. wasn't. I wasn't the, talking the, about rest tasteless in peace, movies. Dustin Diamond. Yeah. Uh, yes, rest in peace, Dustin. <laughs> so no, like that was my initial like gut feeling was like I you know. I want to hear music under this 
Masters of the Universe photo that you made. Yeah, if you guys don't know, uh, uh, there's a great photo of Dustin Diamond when he was a kid before Screech, and he's posed with like a, it's like a Sears photo with his with his He-Man figures, and uh, it's it is classic eighties. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. You got to check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love hiding out. Hiding out's a great great choice. As your number three. Uh, yeah, or two, three. Yep. Yeah, because because well, okay. I'm about to get into my number two. Okay. Or my number two is about to get into you. Yes. Um, it is That's a like thriller. It. it is a. It was. It was. It was marketed as a darker version of Deliverance in a way when it came out. Um, mm. Though I, you know, it's got elements of that, but I would say it's a very much standalone on its own, creepy action movie, um, starring a Keith. It is a Walter Hill film. It's from 1981, okay, and it okay. stars Powers Booth and Keith Carradine. It's Southern Comfort. The National on weekend maneuvers. In 48 hours, they'll be home with their families. There's only one problem. We live back in here. This is our home. They've crossed the boundary into a territory where they don't belong. We ran into some people that are real weird, and I think maybe they're trying to kill us. Southern Comfort. Awesome. We were definitely due for some for some Carradine. Love, love, love this movie. It is Walter Hill, if you don't know. Um, he's he's just, and I don't mean this in an offensive way, but he's like a man's man director. Like, he just does gritty, uh, tough guy action movies. Um, and even his musical, Streets of Fire, is a tough guy action movie, but he just does these like grizzled and they're all very unique and different too, which I, which is what I love about them. The mm-hmm. warriors, totally different Southern comfort, totally different crossroads. Yeah. It's different. It's, it's, it, it's out there. Streets of fire, different, um, extreme prejudice with Nick Nolte, different. Great. He does great 48 hours. Of course, like, Walter Hill's the man. He, in my opinion, next to John Carpenter, just so unique with his action movies. And Southern Comfort, starring Keith Carradine. Keith Carradine is one of the two Carradine, well, one of the three Carradine brothers. Um, the And the son of John Carradine, who is a famous actor as well in his own right. Uh, Keith Carradine's been in everything. He's been in everything now and then. Like, from 1970s Nashville with Robert Altman to being on Dexter. Talk about creepy love tri- love situation. He was like, I don't know, in his 60s, and Deb on Dexter was like in her 30s. And I don't know. It just, it just felt a little creepy. Dexter um, was one that, that I never – it just like slipped by me. And then and then by the time, I, you know, it was just one of those that like the ending was so infamously uh, uh, hated – uh, yeah, the finale, everybody's outraged and, you know, similar to Game of Thrones, that kind of level. So um, at that point, you're like, well, I'm not watching this bullshit. Yeah, I was a huge Dexter fan. So and that, that finale just deflated me. And I know they're they're making up for it. They're doing one more season to kind of make up for it. They're making up for it. Which is oh, very sorry. interesting. Apology to the fans. I'm down to watch it, but um, but yeah, in the in the late '70s, early '80s, Keith Car- also great music career too. Keith Carradine, I have one of his records on. Uh, I have one of his albums. Um, signed sing, singer songwriter, not signed, but right. he he was he was kind of in the vein of a James Taylor, uh, very talented dude. 
And this movie's got, yeah, like I said, Powers Booth, Fred Ward. Um, it's got T.K. Carter. It's got, it's got Peter Coyote, man. Pe- I mean, Peter Coyote. He's back. He's, he's fantastic in it for the short period of time. It's got Sonny Landham, uh, who played Billy in Predator. And, uh, you know, for, he was in 48 Hours as well. And also in The Warriors in a very, very tiny, teeny role. Um, Brian James, who's a great bad guy from Blade Runner. We, most people would know him from Blade Runner. But the plot of this movie is pretty simple. National Guard uh, is in the Louisiana Bayou. And they're on a training mission. And they're going in the bayou with their weapons, but their weapons have blanks. And one of the dipshit National Guard, they're, they're all kind of cocky assholes, except for a few. Uh, Lewis Smith, who you would know from Heavenly Kid, where he plays like a cool guy in that. He plays Buck this Rubanza. cocky just jerk. Oh, yeah, Buck Rubanza, yeah. Uh, and he sees some locals in the bayou walking by and he, in, in like the swamp. And he shoots his machine gun at him, scares the shit out of him. And he's laughing. He's like, they're blanks. Who cares? While those two locals decide to take revenge on all the National Guard who have blanks. And one by one, they start picking them off in a deliverance style uh, with their with their traps and tricks of the the bayou swamps. And it kind of comes down to a small handful of dudes that survive. I won't say who, because. I know this movie came out a long time ago, but I know a lot of people haven't seen it. And I highly recommend you do because it's really good. Uh, worth checking out. And it would have been my number one, but you know, you'll find out what that is in a minute. But yeah, Southern Comfort, Keith Carradine. There you go. I love it. Um, and Southern Comfort, uh, I, I know, was one of those movies that it, it didn't it didn't really do well initially, right? Like it was. Uh... No, it's definitely a cult movie. It's a cult movie, yeah. Most most of Walter Hill's movies are cult movies, actually. Like they 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 do way better, and John Carpenter too. To go back to Christine, hmm. most of his, most of their movies got a better, bigger shelf life on VHS. And I watched the shit out of Southern Comfort. It used to scare the hell of me, hell out of yeah. me. Ryan yeah. Cooter does the soundtrack for it. Um, it's just so talented. Oh, I mean. Walter Hill did The Driver, which obviously got remade, and everyone's like, oh, my God, Ryan Gosling. We'll go back and watch the Ryan O'Neill movie, The Driver. It's yeah. really kick-ass. It's really kick-ass. Every one of his movies. Um, Johnny Handsome, that's another one that Walter Hill directed with Mickey Rourke, one of my favorite Mickey Rourke movies. Um, that movie is just so badass. Morgan Freeman, Mickey Rourke, Lance Henriksen, and all his glory, Ellen Barkin. Uh, anyways, Walter Hill is able to elicit really gritty, just intense performances from from dudes. And Keith Carradine is like yeah. the he's like the heartbeat of the movie where um, he's kind of like the he kind of keeps the peace. And Powers Booth is very quiet and subdued. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as the movie progresses, he gets a little bit of a voice. But yeah. Yeah. So good. Why, man. why are the National Guard there to begin with? They're just on a training mission. Like oh, it's training. training, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, routine exercise, I guess, Got as it. they say. And I think yep. at the time I saw this and I'm like, man, the military are assholes. I better not tell my dad that. <laughs> you know, I didn't know. Ah. And, and then my dad's like, no, those are, because I watch this with my dad. He's like, no, those are National Guard. No, nothing okay. against so National you, Guard. Yeah, so you, cover, you covered, um, you know, it's interesting. I just feel like when we talk, a lot of your um, – 
your traumas seem to be based in mom taking you to the theater, you know, a little bit too early. But, you know, but dad was taking you places and, and, and covering the military uh, uh, genres quite well, it sounds like. Yeah, when it came to yeah. military movies, I mean, yeah. he showed me showed me Heartbreak. He showed me Heartbreak Ridge at a very early age too. He's like, "This is a great movie." Yeah, anything that was military oriented, he was down for the down for it. And Ridge over the River Kwai. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Dirty Dozen, and you know, uh, yeah, and just let me show you the officer and a gentleman. You know. Yep. Little little platoon. That's great. <laughs> yeah, you know. Little, little trauma on both ends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. Southern Comfort was was a was kind of a staple back when I was a kid, and uh, I I just I just love it. And, and Keith Carradine, great great buddy. Um, great, I love it, and uh, and good covering Keith Carradine because I yeah yeah I feel like um, an actor mm-hmm. obviously who's had a, an amazing career, and um. And a lot of different different kinds of stuff. Yeah. A lot of TV. A lot of TV when TV was um, not considered cool, you know. <laughs> he's, no Keith, he's no Keith Coogan. Yep. He's Keith Carradine. He's Keith Carradine. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, so my number two um, is, uh, speaking of a uh, of, of platoon, uh, is um, Keith David. Not from Platoon. Uh, but from a movie where he also plays a uh, a Vietnam vet, and that is 1990's Men at Work, uh, directed <laughs> by Emilio Estevez, starring Emilio and Charlie. Um, <laughs> Men at Work and David Keith. Like, okay, so so wow. So wow. Uh, so Keith David, not to be confused with David Keith. We've already talked about David Keith. Yep. This is a problem. That spans the ages for everybody. It, it right? sure does. Who, who has ever? Um, I don't think anyone in the world has ever like, n- I guess, not confused David Keith or Keith David, right? Or you, you even have to do that thing where you're like, Keith David, okay, which, okay, which guy is that? Okay, um, it's like the but, Dur- Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney thing, you know? Yes, I mean that's right. That shouldn't be allowed. Um, <laughs> But Keith David, David Keith. But Keith David, uh, I, I I love him so so much. He's just a brilliant actor. He's a he's he's done some amazing um, voice work. Gargoyles, Gargoyles was I mean Jinx. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, dude. It's so that good. infamous sound. You 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 don't. He's so recognizable. You 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 don't hear his voice and then go like, who's that? You you he's just one of those like voices that you immediately know who it is and um yeah his resume is is so so extensive but what but men in work was one of those movies that i always knew this is not a good movie this is not a good movie but i love it i enjoy the hell out of it and um, likewise likewise it's actually you know, way more enjoyable i think than it's supposed to be <laughs> yeah um you know real life brothers uh Emilio and and Charlie play garbage men, but they're the most inept garbage men one could um, one could have. And the movie kind of you know they're just mistreating everybody's good. They're they're, they're not coddling anything. They're just throwing yeah. everything around. This draws a lot of um, bad attention with you know the cops don't like that, and they're like, hey, who cares? We're just 
we're just two dudes um, having a good time, you know. They just seem like guys. Yeah, they're they're not they're not really in it for the for the job. Um, and the supervisor says, you know, I'm gonna have my uh, I believe he says I'm gonna have my brother come in and. And, and you know, check you guys out because you're you're acting you're all over the place. And yeah, the supervisor's brother is Keith David, and he's this post traumatic stress disorder Vietnam vet who's it's just like this brilliantly funny, you know, extreme push to the edge. Every situation that happens in the movie, he kind of escalates it. Are you hungry? Would you like some? Don't give him any, James. Why not? He might be hungry. He's a prisoner. He should be treated accordingly. Have you completely lost your mind? We're not soldiers and he's not the enemy. He's a pizza man. Back in Fubai. He would have been killed the second he knocked on that door. I would have snapped his neck like a twig. And he never would have seen it coming either. Lewis, Lewis, calm down. The commie bastard gets no food. But Lewis really stands, I mean, um, Keith David's character, Lewis, really stands out. Yeah, he's just he's just bananas. Um, to me, it was kind of a no brainer. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that that you know that's the role. Um, well, the, it's got a it's got so it's got that movie has some great moments with the with the exploding shit scene and uh, with uh, <laughs> so good, so good. Oh man, and 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 I think um, and, and Dean Cameron who many people will know from summer school as uh, chainsaw is in it. Uh, John Getz, uh, who was great in the fly when um, mm-hmm. Brundlefly melted his hand off uh, or ate his hand or something. Cameron yep. Dye, who's such a great uh, Cameron Dye from Valley girl. Who's like this a sidekick in Fred. Valley girl. Fred. He's Fred in Valley girl. Yep. Yeah. He plays a dipshit in this with, uh, uh, I think Jeffrey, Jeffrey Blake, I think yep. Frost and yep. Luzinski, like mm-hmm. the rival, mm-hmm. <laughs> rival garbage, man. the rival garbage man. I mean, uh, Oh my God. It's so good. And that's so good. And they're doing it's the so nasty, good. right? Isn't that the, where they got to do the nasty? Is that when they clean the, do the, the nasty. Yep. <laughs> like, Oh, nasty. Like, so like nasty. To- cheersing with the, uh, lids and, I think yeah. when this movie came out, I was like, okay, they look cool. Are they supposed to be cool? I'm not going to like this because they're going right. to be like too cool. Because to be honest with you, and I love Young Guns, Emilio is probably my least favorite character in Young Guns is Billy the Kid because he's sure. a little too arrogant. He's a little too cocky. I kind of got sick of arrogant, cocky Emilio from – uh, maximum overdrive and that was then this is now oh, wisdom yeah, yeah. i just got a little like okay it's the same kind of thing with him totally and then he didn't do that in this it was a different kind of vibe like when actually when i finally went and saw i saw it in the theater when it came out and um yeah it's just fantastic they're, they're great it's such a wacky film bizarre premise uh stupid film it is and like they think that you know for a, for a brief period they think that they have you know murdered this guy who's gotten strangled while they're not paying attention and um yeah you know highly recommend it's been some time since i've seen it too so um i'm certainly open to uh diving back into it but oh no doubt um, and keith david like i said he steals the show funny funny that keith david popped up on yours because my number one film has keith david in it my number one keith movie um and it's 1988's John Carpenter's They Live. You know, Keith David yep. is, 
I'm just going to throw it out there. Keith David was in The Thing as Childs, and part of me was like, do I go with The Thing? Is is The Thing, do I like The Thing more than they live? Maybe, but here's The Thing. Here's <laughs> no The pun Thing intended. about The I, Thing. I do like The Thing more than they live, but I think I like Keith David's performance in They Live more than The Thing. And he's badass in both. He's great in everything he does, no doubt about it, like you said earlier, um, clearly. But They Live is kind of flew under the radar for many years. Uh, it was supposed to be a star vehicle for Rowdy Roddy Piper, who was hot WWF wrestler at the time who mm-hmm. injured himself and he needed to do something, so he did this movie. Um mm-hmm. It is a very timely film, especially, you know, for, for 2020, uh, even more so. You know, the, the premise is very simple. Uh, Roddy Piper's character is a homeless guy looking for work, and he's in the streets of L.A. with a bunch of other homeless people. Um, he, next to this homeless encampment, there's a church, and the church gets raided one night. And he goes over to the church to kind of investigate the the situation. And he hears the singing going on in the church. And then when he goes in the back of the church, he sees a recording of the singing. He's like, oh, that's weird. And then he finds finds a box of sunglasses. And he puts the sunglasses on. And everything's black and white when he puts the sunglasses on. Thinks it's weird. Puts them back on. Then he starts seeing the billboards uh, that are for, like, cigarettes and for... um, trips to Hawaii or whatever. And when he puts the sunglasses on, it says like obey. Uh, it says that on the money. Uh, it says consume. It says that on cigarettes. And realizes it's a plot by aliens from outer space. Very bizarre story. Plot by aliens from outer space to overthrow us by feeding subliminal messages everywhere. And the only people that can see it are the people that wear the sunglasses, which get upgraded to contact lenses later on in the movie. Um, and good, yeah, good, good to point that out. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, you know, whatever it's, I just have to say, yeah. cause, uh, because we were like, Oh, they, it's the movie with the sunglasses. Well, they also at one point drop those and put contact lenses in. Yeah. So. They evolve. Yeah. They evolve. Yeah. And so, and Keith David is a homeless guy as well, who, um, gets involved with Roddy's character, Nada, and, uh, at first doesn't want to get involved. In fact, in, in fact, he, he's got a great line where he says, uh, you know, he's like, he goes, you know, on a road, he goes, you go one way, the traffic goes the other way. He goes, I'm right in the middle and I don't get involved with anybody. I'm paraphrasing because that's not, he has a better, way better way of saying it. And then, and then Roddy's character goes, the the middle line's the most dangerous place to be on the road. Yeah. You know? and I, And it's so true. Uh, yeah, it's so great. Know. It's got, I mean, this movie's chocked full of great lines, mostly from Roddy Piper, you know, and, uh, I'm all out of bubble gum and shit like that. And, yep. it, and, but, Came but here to do two things, kick ass and shoot bubble, bubble gum. gum and I'm all out of bubble gum. And then one of the aliens is like starting to tell where his location is. And he goes, mama don't like tattletales. <laughs> and he takes him out. And, uh, but no, it's such a, oh, it's such a great, great movie. I saw this movie actually maybe two years ago. We saw this movie together, uh, at the, Egyptian we were there theater. with the, uh, with Alan, Alan, uh, Haworth, the uh, Haworth, composer. 
Yeah, yeah, yep. we did like a mini concert beforehand, yep. which was really amazing now to think about. And uh, yeah, we watched They Live, and it's got arguably the best extended fight scene in an American action film ever uh, between Keith David's character, Frank, and Roddy Piper, where it just goes on and on and on and on. And on. It's fantastic. And on. It really is. Like, it doesn't. You can't do it justice explaining it. You just have to go out and check it out because it it is an it is over the top cartoonish, but in like it just in a fun way. And yet again, John Carpenter being on our list for the second time, and uh, he's he's so good at making original, different films. And they live is yeah. very original and very different. Yeah, I mean the the fight almost. Um... Have you ever heard of that comedy rule, the rule of 32s? Like, like everybody's heard of the rule of threes where, um, you know, you got your setup and then you, you basically go one, two, and then three is the is the punchline. And, and the rule of 32s is kind of like been made, um, made very popular by uh, like Family Guy, for one, where it's like, you know, something goes on a little too long. And, you know, by the fifth time, it's like, it's not funny. The sixth time, it's not funny. The seventh time, it's not funny. But by the 32nd time, things are funny again. And I feel like that that's what this fight is because totally it's so absurd. And you're just like, and, and Keith David is, is fighting because he does not want to put on these sunglasses. Yeah. And Roddy wants him to see the aliens. And he's like, no, I'm not putting, I'm not, I'm not. And you're just like, why not? Like, why not just, you know, because now, you know, especially when they're beating the hell out of each other, they can't even stand. And just when you think, like, oh, he's going to put on sunglasses, he, you know, and then another round of the fight, fight happens. Put these on. Hey, stay away from me. I'm telling you, you dumb son of a bitch. I'm trying to save you and your family's life. You couldn't even save your own. (laughs) I'm giving you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. Not this year. Okay. I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight you. Stop it. No! Put on the glasses. I didn't want to be in. They're basically buddies after that, and, and uh, they're they're tied to the hip yeah. for the rest of the movie. And Keith David shines like he's that's probably uh, out of the two Carpenter films that he's done his his standout role. You know, Childs was was it was memorable in in another way, but but yeah, they live is just so great. And um, yeah, that's why it's my number one Keith movie of all the times. I mean, it makes sense. I don't disagree. Um, good. You know, I, fight you. I didn't just want. I'll fight you for seven minutes. <laughs> um, that fight scene was only supposed to be about twenty seconds. Piper and Keith decided to fight it out for real, only faking the hits to the face and the groin. Hmm. They rehearsed the fight for three weeks, and Carpenter was so impressed that it, that he kept the entire fight scene in, which runs for. Five minutes and 20 seconds. Wow. Okay. So there you go. Five minutes, 20 seconds is a long time. Yeah. yeah. Basically, you're saying that 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 uh, Roddy as a wrestler was like, I'm going to 
I'm going to choreograph something. Like the two of them just took it upon themselves. Like, let's just, let's just make something. Yep. And then I go here to this dumpster and then you're here and then, yeah. Which is what wrestlers do, you know, as, yeah. as, as much as people shit on wrestlers for, for many reasons, these guys are yeah. talented performers and yeah. they may not be the best actors in the world, but they got to do a little bit of everything that, you know, and, uh, and, and Roddy, Roddy is rest in peace. What a phenomenal just performer he was all around. Yeah. Should have been, should have had a better career. Um, I have a feeling Vince McMahon had something to do with that as like he the, often does. The rock before he was the rock, you know. Yeah. Better than Hogan by yeah. far. Yeah. And oh yeah, yeah. Hogan's a terrible actor. Terrible actor. And Roddy had a charisma on, yeah. on screen and Carpenter brought up the fact that he did a John Carpenter movie is really yeah. freaking badass. They they live clicks on all cylinders and I think it actually has gained in popularity in the past uh few decades. Since the pandemic. So, yeah, I think so. People watch it now and they're like, yeah. holy shit, are, are aliens yeah. running? And it's not a QAnon thing. You know, it's more like the people who are QAnon are the uh, aliens. That's a real interesting perspective on it. Yeah. Like these aliens are in the bank eating babies. And you're like, what? Put on the glasses. <laughs> Ted Cruz Tom is Hanks. an alien? <laughs> I know people might say, yeah. well, V did the same thing. Nah, it's, it's different. Yeah. It, it takes V to a whole new level. So. V was V was like we are from outer space. We just have lizard skin underneath these yeah, masks. Yeah, we just hatch from eggs and you know. But I digress because I want to know what your number one Keith Coogan, your number one, one Keith movie is. My number one Keith movie. So this is a curveball. This was me making kind of my own rules a little bit. Oh shit. Um, well, because. There's only one movie where I was like, oh, like um, for, for some not this isn't background or anything. But you know how like you're not even aware that you are that you know the names of the characters in the movies like you and I tend to know a lot of the names of the characters. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, obviously know the actors. But but to know that like, oh, this pr particular character is named, uh, you know, we know their full name or whatever. But. Um, there is one Keith that has always stood out in my mind, the character Keith. Um, and that Keith, uh, is played by Eric Stoltz in some kind of wonderful. Oh, um, you son of a bitch. Keith Nelson. And, you, you know, I love some kind of wonderful. I feel like we've talked about some kind of wonderful on a very superficial level. In our we bully kinda, episode, for sure. We dip, we dip. Harvey, Craig Sheffer. Um, but, yeah, uh, I know I, I can hear Mary Stuart Masterson saying Keith so clearly in my mind uh, all <laughs> yeah, the time. You win. So you win, dude. So, you know, it, it's not an actor named Keith, but um, and some kind of wonderful, of course, is a um, a must see 80s movie. Um Leah Thompson, Eric Stoltz, Mary Stuart Masterson, um, Craig Sheffer. Craig Sheffer, as we mentioned, um, it's got a it's got a wonderful story. It's got a wonderful soundtrack. Uh, boy loves girl. Boy is best friend with girl. Tomboy who loves him. He doesn't know. Um, 
Elias Cotillas is uh, <laughs> Elias Cotillas was uh, has always been just one of my favorite names to say. Yeah, it was always too. most well. You know, I feel like first came to prominence into my young mind in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where he played Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Um, he was great in the Prophecy too, which had Eric Stoltz in it and Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> yes, but but we're talking about some kind of wonderful. And John Ashton. John Ashton's in. John some Ashton kind of is is uh, is Keith's dad. So yeah, I mean. Um, and Maddie and, and John, Corman, who's really Hughes, freaking annoying. She's yes, super annoying. Oh my God, she's so annoying. But John Hughes wrote it. Um, Howard Deutsch? Dush? Deutsch? I think it's uh, Deutsch, Deutsch, I believe. Um, Howard Deutsch directed it. And uh, did you know that, that Leah Thompson's married to Howard Deutsch? I did. I, I did. We had, we had talked a little bit about it on the uh, on the Bully episode very briefly. Because oh, I was like, that was the one thing that I wanted to um, – to uh yeah well just just to visit some kind of wonderful as a standalone at some point we have you to know. uh it's a moral imperative as they say but uh <laughs> yeah if uh if eric stoltz is keith and mary stewart masterson is watts and leah thompson is miss amanda jones and harvey jensen it's just like i just know all the names of all the characters um and uh yeah i guess that's really all i'll say about it you know if so we're going to do a standalone episode on it, yeah, we, yeah. we don't want to do, say too much. But I, I do have to say, um, first of all, that is a left field pick. Yeah, but it is so perfect. Uh, and I, and I, cheers to you, dude. Like that oh, is, a, yeah, that's a great, a great pull. Um, I watched this movie incessantly back in the day and love it, and I can't wait to do it. A devoted episode to it because the soundtrack, like you said, is really damn good. Um, beat so, beat so lonely. Beat so lonely. Beat so lonely. Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah. I just, if you don't know that song, guys, guys, and beat so lonely. listening, check it out because it's really, really good. Uh, and download that stuff. But yeah, the, the drumming. <laughs> check it out and download it. Don't stream it. Just download, download it. it. Buy it. Buy it. Uh, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, man, and Craig Sheffer. God, I love that guy. Like, I love that guy. So, he, yeah. so again, when when he was, uh, and I said this in the bully episode, when he was in some, in uh, that was then, this is now. He's so cool, and such so like heartbreaking, you know, because he's such a good guy, and then he plays such a dick, such a dick in this. Such a dick. He's just an abysmal. White you, privilege, GOP, yeah. fuck face. You <laughs> yeah, know? he just he yeah. epitomizes everything, and untouchable Elias, jackass. Yeah. yeah, untouchable. And Eric Stoltz is it's just Eric Stoltz. You know, he 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 seems like the character he plays in his movies is who he is in real life. Yeah, uh, thoughtful. So yeah, so so mm. and Mary Stuart Masterson, apparently, you know. uh like if Molly Ringwald was originally considered for the role, like I can't even see it. No, because Mary Stuart Masterson is so great. But no, I won't. I won't say anything more other than the fact that I love it equally as well as you do, and that is a great way to button up our top five Keith movies. And obviously, you know, Adventures in Babysitting and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. 
our, our uh, toy soldiers, our classic Keith Coogan movies. Um, if there were honorable mentions, those would definitely be in there. And there are way other, there are way more Keith movies we could throw on this list. But these are our five. Yeah. These are our personal five that we watch on a regular basis or semi-regular yeah. basis. At least we did. Um, and dare mm-hmm. I say, there will never be another Keith uh, movement like the 80s. Um, the 80s were good for Keith. Yeah, they were. I mean, I I don't I don't want to shut the door on on Keith movements, but yeah, it's it's not a you know it, it was a popular baby name uh, in the '60s, and uh... <laughs> apparently, yeah. Thank you to uh, all those Keith movies out there. Thank you to the Keith movies. So um, yeah, so in two weeks we've got Mr. Keith Coogan coming up. This was like a perfect way to kind of to intro that episode uh, with a top five. We'll be, we'll be having more top fives as the year progresses. So stay tuned yeah. for those. You never um, know when they're coming. You just, yeah, they're you just, just got to hit prepared. you hard. Yeah. Dustin and I were saying this the other day that it's a, it's a new season of $2 late fee, a uh, new way of closing out the show. And there's a very beautiful line that I think will stay with you from, from time to time, if you are one of the lucky recipients of a $2 late fee mix CD, uh, and if you don't know what that is all about, check out our earlier episodes and you might find a little Easter egg. And if you find the Easter egg and if you're a new listener, then you can crack that egg open. If you don't, then you can't crack it. Yeah. Because I'm not going to tell you anymore. It may just no, pop that's... up on a Patreon down the road. That's yeah, that's a really sweet way to do it because it's like if you've listened this far, then you've earned the Easter egg, you know, or you know, if you've listened this far to know that there is an Easter egg and then you go back and find the Easter egg and the Easter egg is then honored. That's like the best that's that's better than Ready Player 1. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. And probably spent way more time on it than Ready Player yeah, 1 that's, too. That's true. So <laughs> But um, uh so that's really exciting. So yeah. Great work to you tonight. Likewise. Um, pleasure as always and um and i would say to our audience you know we welcome the engagement if you have some some special key thoughts that you'd like to share send us a dm send us a comment on a post whatever you're going to be seeing a lot of a lot of keith posts uh very soon so please consider giving us a review on apple itunes and a five-star rating because believe it or not it actually goes further than you think uh, it gets us a little bit more exposure and gets us a little bit more of, hey, check these guys out. They're good. They're not just the 75th podcast in the uh, nostalgic movie genre. Right. I think we, uh, officially we're n- number 76 in film oh, history. But, it. you know, it's I'm not going to quibble. I'm not going to quibble. You know, who am I to be like, actually, we're 76. So that's actually worse. So, I, you know, if I was going to quibble, I'd be like, we're 74 or something. You know. That's true. If I were to quibble... um. All right, folks. Well, batten down the hatches. And remember, the good guys always win, even in the 80s.
right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.